just because they don't have the ability to travel by themselves doesn't mean they have to go with a group or they can't go to a wedding. Even if they don't have identification, I can get them through the airport. And there's ways to make it happen. It's it's just making the effort. And a lot of people give up a little too early. And I think the appreciation that I, I feel for what I do, especially when I deliver an individual to his family that wants to see him and take care of him in a new environment is just really profound. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with vibrance and deep contentment. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest on Zestful Aging. Find out more about her at judybanker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses, and other offerings, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. Well, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. We have a great interview for you today. We're going to be speaking with Carol Giuliani, and she loves to travel, and she's a whiz at planning and executing trips by air or car all over the world. She has decades of caregiving experience and worked as an attorney and professional fiduciary, managing the finances of seniors for many years. And six years ago, she decided to combine her talents to create senior travel companion services to help seniors safe safely and comfortably get to their desired destinations. And since then, she's planned and executed over 60 trips for people with mental and physical disabilities, including dementia, Parkinson's, and vision loss, and other obstacles or concerns that have hindered their ability to travel alone or with groups. And some of these trips include cross-country or international moves, weddings, and vacations. Welcome to the program, Carol. Thanks for having me, Nicole. I appreciate being on. It sounds like such a lovely niche where you combined your attorney skills and your advocacy skills and also loving to travel. It's like perfectly designed for what you're good at and what you love. Yes, I think so. I think it's just the best thing I could be doing at this place in my life. So how did you get started? Did you did you have like an aha moment like, wait a minute, I have a, some special talents here? Or did it kind of morph slowly into this uh, career? Well, it's kind of more of an aha moment because I was working as a conservator and guardian for seniors for decades and had been a caregiver for so many years for my father starting out when I was in my early 20s. Um, so, so many years of working with seniors, but I wanted to do some traveling after my kids started leaving the nest. So mm. I thought, how can I put this together and make <laughs> it happen? <laughs> how, that's, that's, I love that creativity. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to uh, accompany uh, travel with, uh, with, with elders. What are some of the joys and, and some of the challenges? Oh, there's, uh, well, there's so many stories, and that's that's the joy part of it, is that every experience is different, 
um, because every individual is different. So I've uh, met many different and wonderful people along the way. Some of them are challenging. It depends on their physical needs. Um, people that are have uh, paralysis or high medical needs sometimes uh, take more work. You know, it's more of an effort. And some people just want companionship or help uh, getting through airports to get to their desired locations. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of moves. So it's basically picking people up from one state and moving them to another state because the family can't do it probably because of either COVID or they have jobs or dogs or or just don't know the system and are worried about it. So if, I see. if they can't do it, that's when I often step in or else some people don't want to go with family members. So they'll call <laughs> me up and say, can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. And I'm wondering, do you, so when you have somebody hire you, do you have to do a lot of research and planning about these are their physical limitations and their physical strengths? What, um, how, how am I going to negotiate this with them? Is that something that has to be done ahead of time? Oh, sure. Yeah. I have to figure out all the logistics. I used to, I'll do it customized. So uh, the people that are hiring me, if it's themselves or family members, can put things together if they want. But it's generally easier if I book the airfares, I figure out the cars and the local grand tra transportation back and forth to the airports. Um, that's all based on what they're going to need. I have a travel wheelchair. So, for example, tomorrow I'm picking up a woman flying to uh, Myrtle Beach, and then I'll drive an hour to um, her destination in North Carolina and uh, the night before the trip, and then the, on Friday, I'll be flying with her from Myrtle Beach to Utah. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, and once I arrive there, I'll rent another car, and then I'll drive her to her new assisted living. So I have to figure out all those pieces, what it's going to cost. I give the budget to the family member. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's paperwork. There's a questionnaire. Does she have identification? Uh, can she walk on the plane? Um, what does she need for um, uh, bathroom facilities, etc.? I so. see. So there, there's a lot of details that you have to make sure are all figured out before, because it could would be pretty complicated. Yep, sometimes it is, but I like to say that I try to arrange these like a military operation. So, <laughs> if, if down to force. Um, yep. So if something comes up, I'm I'm pretty prepared for it, and that means taking quite a bit of time to um, not only plan it but to execute it, get to the airport on time, and know what to expect at the different airports. And having done this so many times, it's gotten easier every single time. Do you find that airports and other other big systems, are they pretty well suited to this, given that our entire population, you know, is getting older? What What's your sense of that? Are they pretty helpful and cooperative, or do you have to figure it out from scratch? Uh, it really depends. I mean, <laughs> forget about New York. I'm sorry. It's, it's very difficult there for anything. Um, but... Uh, the, it depends on the size of the airport. It just depends on what kind of personnel they have because sometimes the folks are really good at TSA uh, and sometimes they do 20-minute pat-downs. Mm. Uh, sometimes the, the, you can expect there's going to be long lines and um, weather delays and things like that. And sometimes it, it goes 
fairly easily. So uh, the, I think the airports are getting more used to it, and there's going to be so many people that need this service and need uh, some kind of help getting through the airports. And the airports are getting much more receptive about um, working with people that are disabled and um, the seniors that have hidden disabilities. So I'm working on a program with that to make sure that they're comfortable all the way through and that the staff knows this is what they're facing and this is the best way to get those people safely and comfortably through. Can you give me an example of a hidden disability? Well, sure. Dementia and Alzheimer's is Mm -hmm. one of the main ones, and I deal with that a lot. Um, uh, Parkinson's can be uh, vision loss. I have a lot of folks with vision loss. Um, Mm -hmm. Just uh, anything that nobody really can see. I see. I I imagine, too, that you have to be skilled in... um kind of helping with anxiety, perhaps, and and people's emotional states, right? Because it's not only the logistics and getting whatever they need to physically get them on the plane, but maybe they will also, you know, be worried or uh, confused. How how do you deal with that? Sure, yeah, that's always a concern. But I'm just very patient, and I use a lot of humor. (laughs) And Ah. I, fit, I follow them every step of the way. I go into the bathrooms with them in, and make sure that everything's okay. I, mm-hmm. um, I'm there every step. I have ways to help people relax on the plane, whether it's finding a, a movie in Mandarin. I did that one time for a woman. Um, uh, bringing headphones for some music, just chatting and making it comfortable and, and uh, reassuring them along the way. And if they don't know where they are, one woman recently thought she was on a bus the whole time we were on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just roll with it and it mm-hmm. just as long as I'm light and easy and they don't face any of the problems the anxiety level goes way down wow that sounds like such a gift thank you hmm do you have any stories for us any uh, any stories that stand out in terms of helping people get from one place to another that are that are memorable for you oh yeah I have <laughs> 60 plus stories I guess I could say um, some of the international ones have been very fun, um, or at least interesting. I took a woman who was from New Jersey to Cancun for her grandson's Indian wedding. So mm. that was exciting for me. She didn't speak a lot of English, but she understood a lot, and uh, we had a good time with it. Um, I learned how they tie up the saris and, and, and put a whole giant wedding like this together, which was fascinating, something I really wanted to do. Um, it was a beautiful wedding, too. Uh, I've moved a gentleman from Bangladesh to Tampa a few years ago with his wife. And his Mm. wife, yeah, just knew that she couldn't do it alone because of his dementia. So we kind of tag teamed the whole way along. So I would help him in the bathroom and she was awake part of the time. I was awake the whole time. But when she was sleeping, she was um, able to relax and get there. And and when we got to the end and he was more anxious and a lot of folks kind of lose their their English along the way if it's a big trip like this or if their dementia is kicking in. So she was helpful at the end when he was getting tired and anxious. So it worked out pretty well, I would say. Mm-hmm. Boy, you know, I think about getting to know people really quickly and, you know, all of a sudden you're in the bathroom with them. It's like it's it's intimacy uh, in a hurry. Sure, sure. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I took a gentleman to a wedding just up in northern Minnesota this year and he said, 
I can't believe you've been an attorney and done all this other stuff, and now you're helping me put my shoes on? And I said, that's why I have a shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> because every, pe- people are just people. People need some help sometimes. And, you know, this gentleman on a plane from Cincinnati might look like someone who has had a rough life, but I told the flight attendants he was a rocket scientist. He probably invented half the safety features we're appreciating on this airplane. Oh, wow. So you, it sounds like you really must enjoy meeting people and learning about their lives because you have time with them that you're traveling and a lot of that's downtime, right? Is waiting. Right, right. And I go to meet them the night before, if at all possible. Sometimes we'll FaceTime them under these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, to just to get to know them and their families. And I have a big questionnaire that the families can fill out, especially for the trips that are the vacations or the weddings. So I know quite a bit about them before I get on a plane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. now with um, with COVID, though, I'm finding that the family doesn't really know what's going on with their loved one. So there have been a few shockers. I see. What do you mean when you say shockers? <laughs> well, the, the family member will say, well, my mother can walk and she's continent. Well, maybe before COVID, but oh. things have gone a little bit downhill. And so some of those skills and some of that mental cognition has taken a hit. So I, I have see. to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I see. So they're not up to date because they haven't spent time with their their parents, their elders, um, since since lockdown. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you think that you would be doing this, Carol, had you not been a caregiver to your dad for so many years? Or is this a direct result of your experience? Well, it's a direct result. I mean, I took him to my sister's wedding, I don't know how many years ago. And um, I just feel like seniors should and can get out and enjoy their lives and have a quality of life. Just because they don't have the ability to travel by themselves doesn't mean they have to go with a group or they can't go to a wedding. Even if they don't have identification, I can get them through the airport. And there's ways to make it happen. It's it's just making the effort. And a lot of people give up a little too early. And I think the appreciation that I, I feel for what I do, especially when I deliver an individual to his family, that wants to see him and take care of him in a new environment is just really profound. Oh, wow. So there's something deeply satisfying for you in this. Yes, of course. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to announce that my book is finally available for purchase on Amazon and my website, ZestfulAging.com. It's called Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer. And it's written for people interested in starting a podcast or for those already podcasting who want to stand out from the 2 million podcasts that are already out there. So please pass this along to anyone you know who could benefit from my 30 years experience as a psychotherapist and over 250 podcast interviews. Thanks so much. So you, I know that you uh, are a volunteer on an international committee that works to make airports more accessible for elders and people with disabilities. Can you talk a little bit about 
how that goes? Sure. It's called in Minnesota, the Dementia Friendly Airport Working Group. And I joined this uh, volunteer outfit of individuals working with seniors in several capacities, especially with the University of Minnesota and Alzheimer's Association of, I believe, Roseville. And we got uh, together. Sarah Barcel is running the program. And she met with um, or spoke to people from I believe it started in Gatwick, and uh, they wanted to prepare for, I think it was a Special or Paralympics, and have the staff at the airports ready for folks. So they started doing this training, and they got a system up called the Sunflower Lanyards Hidden Disabilities System. Mm -hmm. So people with hidden disabilities can wear these sunflower lanyards that were recognizable to the trained staff to let them know that these folks coming through the airport might need a little more compassion and care. And that movement has taken over internationally to Brisbane, uh, where we have a gal from Brisbane in on our Zoom calls. Um, now it's in Minneapolis and SeaTac. Uh, we're working with Missoula and some of the other airports. Um, and with the TSA, I had a long conversation with the head of disabilities at TSA a couple of weeks ago about my experiences and what I liked and didn't like. And so we're getting some real good information out there to TSA, to the airports to say, hey, let's have a quiet environment. Let's let caregivers go through the airport and through TSA screening with their individuals to make sure that there's eye contact and comfort in that process. Um, more and- A more like civilized experience. <laughs> sure, whenever possible. And, mm-hmm. and I can tell when I go to those airports that know the Sunflower Lanyard system uh, that that I'm going to have a little better experience. And TSA also has a great website, uh, several of them, that will tell you how to get through easier and, and more comfortably. So that's that's a good bonus, too. So we're learning about each other. That's beautiful. And I, the, sun, you're, the sunflower lanyard is so... Uh, that's, <laughs> that's really sweet. I mean, I can imagine... Back in the day before sensitivity about this, you know, someone might have some tag that said, I'm disabled or something like that. Uh, but I love the idea of putting a flower as a symbol that I need a little extra help here. Right. And it's good for autistic kids and um, other individuals with disabilities you might not see. So um, mm. anybody can get this stuff. And uh, I believe it's free in, in most airports now. Um, that are carrying this, that are following the system. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll be able to keep, continue to train the TSA. We did a national ship brief recently that um, was very well received uh, so that those folks know about it. And not only them, but other individuals that are working the shops in the airports. And eventually this is going to be a worldwide thing where you could go into a store. You can already do this in England and wear this sunflower lanyard. And even the store clerks at a retail store might know what this is about. That's really clever. Uh, that's really wonderful. For for our listeners, um, can you give some tips for folks who are traveling with their elders um, that might you know we may not know about that that could be helpful in in helping us navigate these systems. Oh, sure. One of the big things I do is a lot of people fly basic economy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in Minnesota, so Delta is our big carrier here. And I can call in or I I can make a reservation online for a basic economy seat and 
then call into the disabilities line and ask them to put us in the front of the economy section. And because you have someone who's disabled, they have to abide by that. And I believe all the airlines have to do that. I see. So there's more. Is that the bulkhead? Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes I like to be in the row behind the bulkhead because it has movable armrests. So uh, generally, uh, I'll try to be in the front of the plane so that my individual doesn't have to go all the way to the back and all the way to the front. Mm -hmm. I mean, the airplanes do have uh, aisle chairs that you can take somebody who can't walk that far. But I try to avoid using those if possible because they're kind of, you know, um, constricting. You know, I'm thinking about using the the restrooms on airplanes, and I think it's hard for someone who's got all of their faculties and, you know, abilities, physical abilities. It is it's tough. It's small. You don't know. You know, it's it's not I don't, yeah. it's like camping um and, uh, wh- wh- how how does that go for you how do you maneuver in there and and be helpful sure well the first thing you do is use the bathroom before you get on the plane ah yeah and most seniors won't drink much of anything on the plane i mean they always say to stay hydrated but um you know they are pretty aware of the fact that they don't want to get up if they don't I have to s- nobody wants to use that yeah. Uh, yeah then i'll hold their hands get them to the bathroom show them where everything is inside mm-hmm. um, if that works sometimes you hold the door open a little bit and stand yeah. in front of them because I'll be in the front first class um, where there's a little bit more privacy since I'll usually be in the front of the plane um, and if somebody gets locked in there's actually a way to open the door from the outside so I've had to do that a couple of times wow wow you know a lot of the tricks so <laughs> your advice would be you can go ahead and book basic economy but then call the airline and say you need to uh request um An assigned a seat, seat. Or, mm-hmm. okay okay that's really great anything else that uh those of us traveling with our our elders would uh would be helpful for us to know? Sure. On my website, I've got a zillion things, um, including some of the websites for TSA and uh, dementia-friendly airports. But uh, little things like making sure you take the um, foot pedals off the wheelchair if you have your own wheelchair because and the seat cushions. Those things get lost and damaged. Mm-hmm. And then when you're tying the wheelchair up to gate check it to use Velcro because they won't allow bungee cords. And that will also keep it compact enough so that it won't get damaged on arrival. Um, oh, just a lot of little things. I always bring straws and sippy cups and wet wipes and a selection of masks for any individual I'm flying with. Uh, I always tell them to bring a change of clothes. Make sure you have all your medications mm-hmm. in your carry-ons. With you, Yes, yes. Have you found that people, because it sounds like you need to take more time and more care, have you found that people in general have been patient or are they in a rush to get past you and are they grumbly? (laughs) Generally these days it's really pretty slow and comfortable because everybody's staying six feet apart and uh, the Uh airlines are enforcing that. On the plane I came in day before yesterday, uh, they remove people from the plane by row, so you don't get up until the other people are up and out of there. Oh, wow. That it, And that avoids that huge, you know, uh, avalanche of people jamming the aisle and bumping yeah. each other. It took, it took a while to get off the plane, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, there's not much going on with... Um, with 
food on the plane or anything else. Of course, you just sit down and you stay away from other people. And, and that's okay. I mean, it's, it's not as fun as it used to be in some ways, mm-hmm. but um, it's easy to get through the airports these days. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, things are really, really different. It's really Do clean, you... too. They, they are doing a good job of cleaning everything. I see. Good. Do you stay in touch with any of your uh, folks that you've accompanied? Sure. There's a gentleman I took to Scotland for a, about a two-week vacation a couple of years ago, and, and he's always um, getting a hold of me. And another man I took on three trips, or no, two trips, two, a wedding and a uh, family reunion, both in the same summer. And he's always uh, reminding me that he's going to get his passport one day, and I'm going to take him to Israel. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. You're you serve such an important role. I mean, it, it really giving them, in some respects, their freedom. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. Mm-hmm. Carol, where can people find out more about you? It sounds like you have a lot of really valuable information to share, and you've gotten this down to a science. My website is www.seniortravelcompanionservices. Dot com And mm-hmm. honestly, that's the way most people find me. I mean, I get a lot of references or referrals here in the Twin Cities, but for folks out of the area, and because really there's hardly anybody that does this besides me, um, <laughs> they find me on the Internet. <laughs> so yes. That's... <laughs> well, that's that. I think we're all experiencing that some somewhat. Um, are you also on social media, Carol? Uh, sure, I'm on Facebook, and I'm trying to get on Instagram, and I'm working on my website so that I'll have some blog information out. But right now, I just have the travel tips. But um, uh, yeah, the website at uh, SeniorTravelCompanionServices.com is the best way to just reach out and take a look at what I've done. I've got a lot of testimonials from all sorts of people on all sorts of trips, and mm-hmm. you can get a little better idea about what I've been doing and and see some of the folks that I've moved around from age. Um, I've done. I've taken some disabled folks that are younger uh, that are referred to me by a fiduciary firm. So um, as young as 20-something to 98, I think, has been my oldest. So I can wow. really Wow, quite an age span range. there. Right. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. It's It sounds like there's there's a sense of adventure that you're meeting someone you're getting to know them intensely (laughs) over this this short period and and that that's something that really uh kind of lights your fire right i really enjoy it i really enjoy meeting other people and telling them about what it is that i do uh i get calls and emails all the time from people basically all over the world saying i want to do what you're doing and Ah. i think it would be great if there were more people doing this it's just mm-hmm. a particular skill set, though. So you have to know both travel and seniors and how to deal with both of them. And then mm-hmm. put a business together, which isn't the easiest thing on earth. So That's right. That's right. Well, I so appreciate what you're doing. And I, I learned a lot talking to you because some of, you know, we just usually are focused on ourselves and getting from gate one gate to another and making sure we have our water and all this stuff. But there's a whole lot of activity going on um, with other people who who need more care. And um, I really appreciate your time. And um, I would 
have people in our audience go to your website and learn these tips. It sounds really, really beneficial. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm hoping I can continue to just add more and more information. And Mm -hmm. sometimes folks just call me to say, hey, I want to take a trip someplace. And uh, what should I be doing to put this together? And I'm happy to answer a few questions about Mm -hmm. that as well, because I think everybody needs to get out and enjoy life as much as possible safely and comfortably. And that's what I'm all about. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.